feel like a sore in my head right now. And the scripture says, Now I was going to say, Tell that person to pray. Tell that person to pray. For they trust me coming to God. If you had a sore, you would tell them. And I knew that when you don't do something about it, you know, when Rwanda experienced genocide, there were prophets in the land that spoke years before for that land to turn from their evil ways. They did not listen. The judgment came. And millions of people died. Before Zimbabwe turned into the state it's in now, there were prophets that God rose in the land to sound the trumpet. But Zimbabwe didn't listen. DRC, the same thing. God will never bring judgment or calamity on a land, on a nation, except he warns them before. That's how he works. He says to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Tell them judgment is coming. For 40 days, this whole city shall be destroyed. 40 days passed. Jonah wasn't there. Because God cannot, it is it is outside his righteousness to bring judgment on a people, on a nation, except he warns them before. So if judgment ever happens in a place, it means the warning had warned, went out, but the people didn't listen. It's the same with South Africa. The same. For the past seven years now, the Lord has been saying the same, same thing to South Africa. South Africa won't listen. South Africa won't listen. In 2015, God said to me that I saw that there will be the overthrow of the current president at that time, which was Jacob, by one who succeeds him. And it shall happen in the twinkling of an eye. Then God says, when after that happens, South Africa will go into, oh Lord. God said there will be a dissolving of a multi-party system. And anarchy will rise. We saw the first sign, Zuma was a man before he finished his term. Sarah Maposa was placed in his stead. What's left is the following. And God says, nation will rise against nation, color against color. It will not be white against black, it will be black against black, white against white. And the country will plummet into a civil war. <coughs> When I told this to people in 2015, they said it can't be. God loves Jacob too. 
side of life, you think, no, let's think positive. God is too loving. You don't know God. It's, it's in his love that he pronounces judgment. When the Bible says mercy triumphant, triumphs over judgment, it does not mean that the presence of mercy is the absence of judgment. It also means that in judgment is mercy demonstrated. When the church don't pray, when the church don't pray, because 
part of the preservation system. Judgment is always on the loom in every nation, in your own family, in your own life, because of the sin that exists. Judgment is a, there must be a payment for sin. You understand what I'm saying? There must be a payment for sin. I know you may say, but the blood of Jesus. Now, has God not destroyed nations since Jesus died? What happened to the blood of Jesus then? Was it not working? Was not operating? What happened to the blood of Jesus then? So there is always judgment looming. Always. So what prayer does is that it acts as a preserving system against the judgment of God to a family, to a city, to a church, and to a nation. And he says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. That's the mark of any true church, any true minister. If they don't pray, if they don't pray, you must listen. If they don't pray, if there is no prayer in the church, listen, the absence of incense is the presence of what? Of darkness. The presence of evil. If there is no prayer in the church, the prevalency of filth, of sick, all the things that denote Satan will be present in the church. Because the gifts, the power of God cannot prevent judgment. They shall say to me, Lord, Lord. But I'll tell them, I don't know you. But we did miracles in your name. What in the miracles they produce not stop them from being judged? Is I don't know you. I don't know. You are known by the incense you produce. You are known by the fire you produce. God says, no one shall offer upon this altar strange fire. The sons of iron, the high priest, tried to offer to God incense. They died. Were they not sons of Aaron? Jesus says, men are always in prayer. It is in men to pray. And the church is the church in South Africa.
things are going to war, so the host of it, the king of Judah went to the king of Israel because he wanted him to partner with him to go to war. So Jehoshaphat understood the wisdom of the Lord. So when he came to the king of Israel, he got together with these, you know, let's combine forces to go to war. And Jehoshaphat said, but is there not a prophet in the land about whom we should seek the word of the Lord? In other words, they wanted to know God's verdict on the war. Verse number four. That's what he says. And it also said the king of Israel. Joseph had said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. The king of Israel gathered the prophets together for 100 men. So 100 prophets. He said to them, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? So they said, Go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hand. Hundred prophets. A hundred prophets. Say, Go up, for God shall deliver it into your hand. Now listen. But Joseph had said, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? Did we not just have prophets prophesy to them? You know what alarmed Jehoshaphat? The fact that they said the same thing. The fact that all these hundred prophets said the same thing. Go up, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your head. The fact that they said the same thing. Jehoshaphat said, no, there must be another prophet. By whom we may seek and inquire the word of the Lord. It's like what's happening around here with our country. So the king of Israel said to Joseph, There is still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He's Micaiah, the son of Imla. Oh. See why he wasn't brought in? See why he wasn't brought in? The king hated him. Then Joseph said, let not the king say that. Then the king of Israel called one of his officers, bring Micaiah, son of Imla, quick. The king of Israel said, Joseph, the king of Judah, clothed in their robe, they sat on each on their throne, and they sat on the threshing floor at the entrance of the gates of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. So these folks were prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. Go, you will not eat. God is giving you victory. Go, you will eat. Now, Zedekiah, the son of Shida, had made horns of iron for himself, and he said, Thus says the Lord, With these you shall call the Syrians until they are destroyed. All the prophesied, all the prophets prophesied, so saying, Go out to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into, your king, into the king's head. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Now listen, though, he's telling you guys, it's wrong. The prophets are all there. 
they are saying we're gonna win. So when you get there, agree with them. <laughs> Tell them they're gonna win. Prophesy peace, please. <laughs> prophesy peace. You know you hate the king, but prophesy peace. Right? So they went, and because said, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, then I will speak. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gibez, or shall we refrain? And he said, go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. He reiterated the prophet's statement. <coughs> so the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then he said, I saw all Israel. Oh. I, oh, dear Lord Jesus. He says, I saw all Israel, verse 16. I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. He gave a word that was different from all of what everybody was saying. Now who was right? The one man who said one thing against all the hundred prophets in the land. He said something that will tell us that this was the true prophet of God. This is what he said. <laughs> oh dear Lord. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and in his left hand. The Lord said, Who said it? The Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gibeon? God says, Who will persuade? He's talking to whatever host was there. He says, Who will persuade? the king of Israel to go up to run because God had prepared for his destruction. He wanted him to die. Because who will go up and persuade him and also prevail and go out to do so? Oh, Then the spirit came and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophet of yours. So the Lord has declared disaster against you. Whatever they were prophesying, the Bible says it was by a lying spirit. Is upon the land. God has loved you. Here's this one saying, but destruction is upon you. Micaiah was speaking the mind of God because God had determined by his counsel to destroy the king of Israel 
and run of Gideon. But there was a working of angels to give them live prophecies. Now, if we decide, what is a live prophecy? If you are in a city or in a country where the prophets of that land never see anything but good for that land, you know something is wrong. Because that if if they if they all see good, it tells you one thing. That means the land is pure. There's all purity in the land. Yet Israel, the firstborn of God, read the entire prophets. You will hear judgment. Because there must be a counterbalance between God's blessings and God's judgment. But this one said, I am prophet so-and-so. I am prophet. You are a prophet. If you are a prophet, says, if they be prophets, let them be prophets. I get the full view. One day, Batama, the video clear on a bar on the mountain, and we were praying the whole day. And you were showing us photos of you praying. And you say, I'm a prophet. <laughs> you are sitting on a hill somewhere, lifting up your hand, and they give you a clip. You should all do that every time we go to pray. Is the falsehood of media, the deception of media. Ninety prophets, ninety percent of all prophets you see on TV, they are not of God. says in the latter days there shall be an influx of false prophets. 
in the spirit of Antichrist. In the spirit of Antichrist. And you must know the spirit of Antichrist is powerful. Otherwise, you would not be worthy of holding the title of that spirit. It's an office that Satan operates through that mimics the operations of Christ on earth. So he sends them out as angels of light to say, blind men from the true light. So you see this angel, you see this man, he comes as the angel of light. Oh, that's a man of God. Because he appears as an angel of light, but he's a minister of Satan. Why does he appear as an angel of light? He preaches Jesus. Did Satan not say it is written? He shall, he shall. Blindness. Yet there is a true light that lightens the darkness. If our gospel be hid, it is real unto them who have held who the God of this world has veiled their minds, lest they should see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of God on his face. The problem in South Africa is that. We do not have fathers. We do not have legacies. There's no spiritual heritage in this land. It's not there. Every man that ever tried to rise in this place, in this land, Satan made sure he destroyed them. That's why when God raised men like Rodney Howard Brown, he raised them outside of South Africa. When he raised prophets like Kim Clement, he raised them outside of Africa. When he raised Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Pentecost, an apostle of God, he raised him outside of heaven. Every great man who is doing something big in this world for Jesus from South Africa is outside South Africa. Because the greatness of this land must be prepared. So you see people coming into South Africa. John G. Lake, a great man of God, God sent him to South Africa. William Brennan, God sent him to South Africa. Smith Wigglesworth, God sent him to South Africa. But there is nobody who is born a tree from the land. Help from you. 
y estas artes y no lo va a hacer by destiny is the light of all us the destiny of this land is to liberate the land yet there is more darkness here These are counsels of God. So what do we do to change the face of our land? It's prayer. Before we left here, the angel said to me, he said, look, He had two scrolls in his hands. One was like a book open. The other one was like a rolled up paper. He said, this in my hand is the destiny of your nation. But I have not been able to open from 1994. And he said, this land has not been built spiritually since 1994. You may argue, I don't, I don't mind. But that's what I saw. That's what I heard. Then he says, go to the churches and tell them to pray. Do you know what was supposed to happen here in 1994? It was not, it was the whole Lord. In 1994, Satan's plan was never democracy. In 1994, in 1994, there was supposed to be bloodshed in this country. Satan had planned it because he did not stop the elections. What he wanted to do was to instigate civil war in 1994. You know what changed then? The angel met some policemen in Cape Town. The angel, the same angel that appeared to me. In 1994, he met a policeman. You can read about that in the news because it was all over the news. He told him, Go and tell the churches to pray. If they will not pray, there will be deaths in this land. The man went on radio. And the church started to pray. And God delivered South Africa. But we stopped praying. We stopped praying. And we continued to know why. Because the job was done. Because that's how people thought the job was done. Tell me one voice in the country today who speaks the mind of God, the counsel of God to the whole nation. The big churches in South Africa, all, most of them are all foreign. They are all foreign. Except God, you see, except God loves you, 
except he loves you, you will find yourself moved towards the crowd. God stopped me one day and said, do not go in the way of those who isolate and separate my ministry to you. Don't go with it. Don't say, I'm a prophet so-and-so, not a pastor so-and-so. He said, don't go with it. Because the honor they have to God is the same. It's you people that make it look big or less. Why? Because of your insensitivity to the ways of God. May God help us. Hallelujah. May God help us. May God help us. was the first prophet in the Bible. You know who he was? Abel. Jesus said Abel was the first prophet. Abel was the first prophet. Imagine Abel. What is it? He never did any prophecy. Did Abel give any prophecy? No prophecy Abel had ever given. So Jesus grew on the cross. What made him a prophet? What made him a prophet? Uh, his blood. His blood made him a prophet. Oh. <laughs> you want to know? was not what he said, nor what he did, but it was who he was. He was a sign. Did you hear what I said? He was a sign. Jesus said, this generation seeks after a sign, but no sign shall be given it except what? The sign of Jonah. Jonah was a sign. 
What was it meant to do? That as he was in the belly of the fish for three nights and three days, so shall the Son of Man be in the bosom of the earth. He was the Son. What sign was he? He was killed by his own brother. <laughs> he was the sign that one day the accepted one would be killed by his very own. But what made him a prophet was who he was. He was the sign. God tells stories through the lives of men. Pharisees, he said, you fools, you know how to tell the signs of the sky. If the wind blows from the west, you know that it's going to rain today. Is this right? So you do. But you cannot discern the signs of the times. No, or other status. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. the phone. A joke. How do you know? How do you know? How do listen, how how do you know that I must be I am I must be missing? How how do how do you know? How did Moses know? What made Moses feed? What made him fit? What qualified him to lead Israel out of Egypt? It was not his Bible study. It was not whether or not he prayed more than anybody. There's only one thing he's qualified in. Is the voice of God. Is the voice? Is the voice? Is the voice? Murutomo 
It's not God who called you. It's the pastor. The pastor said, Come. There's something on you. There's, there's something God can do. He, he doesn't want to say there's something I can use. There's something God can use in you. Come, 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 come. One day about Professor Rapel, calling hello, calling soon. So we told Rapel and Dante, oh father, Sir Rapel and Rapel are more too much. There's my sign, Lord. There's my sign. <laughs> <laughs> one day you were preaching to someone for training, or you were preaching to someone in the Umrella and when you pray for them, the God healed them. You thought, just an anointing. It's not the anointing. Listen to me. It's the anointing of that, that's embedded in the word. The word of God by itself is anointed. He sent his word and healed them. Okay. So you thought, ah, it was me. It was, but you never heard a voice. Yeah. Why am I talking? <laughs> you never heard a voice. You saw the power, but you never heard the voice saying, Go! And deliver my people. Yeah. So you are not mandated. You are a trespasser in the army of God. It's like a cadet, yeah? What? A cadet coming into, you know, goes and make that same suit and wears it. That you wear the same suit as a general and wear the same suit as uh, a marshal or as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a major. Makes you, it doesn't make you a general, it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you a colonel, it doesn't make you all those things. It's just a suit. What will make, what will make you a general is when, when you speak, there, your authority is identified. So what we have is many people who are dressed like generals, dressed like marshals, they speak like they're back in the spirit. The demon says, what I know? Jesus, I know what you are I see you are coming with the style of Paul, but who are you? <laughs> Some have been praised by demons. These are men of God. You are a man of but the spirit of divination that's speaking. And because you cannot discern, you say, oh, even people tell me, people that don't know me, they tell me I'm a man of God. <laughs> they don't know you. The fact they don't know you, you should, you should be very skeptical. How did they know you are a man of God? It's not the rightness of the speech. It's the spirit, the source behind it. Paul says, there's a spirit that come out of her. She came out, she stopped talking, she looked to me and know who he is. I don't know. She came out, I don't know. So don't try to make yourself what God didn't make. Stay in your name. Are you still Stay in your name. Go 
be hungry for ministry because people who are in ministry, they are hungry to eat. <laughs> if we had it any other way, we just be servants of God in our rooms. That's it. <laughs> Because it was Israel that killed Moses. Killed him. They angered him. God got angry. You don't know these things. All of a sudden, the wife now got out of the office. So, the pastor gave pa- ki- ki- pastor, the wife now gave ki- pastor. <laughs> it's by inheritance. <laughs> Where did you see the wife of Noah be second in command? <laughs> or the wife of Enoch, second in command? <laughs> Where did you say as you see it? And God spoke to the wife of Noah. Did you see it? <laughs> he gave the person the title. But what you need to do is that you never give them the authority because you can't give, you can't pass, pass, you know, pass over offices. You gave the poor lady the title, but you did not give them the authority. The demon start finishing up and say, "Oh my wife!" It's because of that name. Every time the people are calling her. Uh, 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 the, because the person is an apostle, they call her the apostle. Apostle, apostle Ma, prophet Ma. <laughs> you are speaking, but not by the spirit. decided to visit him. So Jesus visited him <coughs> and he 
said, uh, from today you are entering the first stage of your ministry. Now, he was an old man, now he's in his 30s, in his 30s right? He started ministry, he started, he started pastoring when he was 17. Jesus, man, you're entering the first stage of your ministry, you be faithful. So, Higgins said to, to the Lord, hey, I don't understand. That's faith. I've, I've, been, I've been a pastor for 12 years. You're telling me about first stage. <laughs> Jesus said, because I never called you to pastor in the first place. Then he said, many ministers live and die. He says, you are fortunate. Many ministers live and die without even entering the first phase. So what are they doing?
that God wants you to be away from him. Away from him. Alright? Away from him. Why are you away from him? Seek his face. Okay? Because he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. So, so don't be discouraged when you see some of your peers and people around you who seem to be advancing and going ahead of you. Don't let them discourage you. And I start questioning God. God, where am I in your timetable? No, you are somewhere. There are problems that are not in your timetable. There are problems that are not in that God is not with you. What it means that God is preparing you. God will launch you at the speed. So when it comes time for God to move you to where you want to, He will move you with the speed that they did not move. They had the strength of man, the toil of man. But God wants to give you the speed of the spirit. So while others are running, you wish you did it in the spirit. And stay with God. Alright? Stay with God. And don't let that discourage you. Don't let that sweep you this way and that way. Okay? Because God is not, is not trying to humiliate you. But he wants to bring you to a point of weakness. Because he wants to use you. Alright? Well that 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 that's your direction. Don't do nothing. Pray. Pray. Alright? Pray. And you tell him as you tell him as you tell him. Your your desire to separate from certain individuals is from him. Alright? That desire is from him. Because you deny yourself. There's the people you love. You love the people. <coughs> but you don't know how to detach from them. But the Lord says he wants to pull you out so that the umbilical cord that connects you to them may be severed. And the only one that's left is between you and him. And God wants to pull you there. Alright? So don't don't feel don't feel uh, out of place to do that. Alright? Okay? Because that's what he wants you to do. God says do that for a reason. For a season. But also for a reason. Alright? God bless you.
name them in Egypt, but they lived in the earth. When Noah called the animals, where did he call them? From all over the earth. So there were animals, nature, spirit. There was no man. No man. So why did God put Adam in a garden? Why didn't he let him go free? Yeah? <coughs> to to train him. Close. Close. He's dipping it. <laughs> Why? Why do you think so? To be in charge. The law. Jesus said something, right? He said, if you are faithful in, you you are faithful in that's the principle right the principle of small scale if you are faithful in little you are faithful in much so if adam were to be faithful in the garden he would be faithful in what in the earth so it was not a training right even though it was but it was a testing because where eden was is a wilderness And when John saw the city, right, in uh, Revelation, he, he said he, the Spirit took him to a what? To a mountain that was in the wilderness. If you read the songs of Solomon, he says the bridegroom comes out of what? The wilderness. And Jesus returned to Jordan, to Jerusalem, from where? From the wilderness. How? In the power of the Spirit. So, where did Jesus get his power from? In the wilderness. So, where would Adam get his authority from? In the wilderness. Do you understand that? So, the wilderness is the place of power. The place of authority. Israel was where? In the wilderness. Let me ask you a question. Did God intend for Israel to be in the wilderness? Yes or no? Why do you say so? Why do you say so? What I say? <laughs> You're cheating yourself. Why, why did God intend for Israel to be in the wilderness? To test them. It is I who led you all these 40 years. In what? In the wilderness. That I may test you to know what was in your heart. So, 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus is 40 days in the wilderness. Moses is 40 years in the wilderness. What is it about this wilderness? And every man that comes out of the wilderness comes out more powerful than you. How? Wilderness. What is wilderness? Wilderness is a dry place, arid place, empty place, vast land. So if Adam 
were to reign and rule, if he would not conquer the serpent in the garden, he would be unable to conquer and tame the spirits outside the garden. Because Satan and the whole army, 33% of all angelic forces, they were outside the garden, they were cut down to the earth. Only Satan was in the garden. So he came to the garden to get something also. What? Power. Because he could not rebuild on earth except he gets it in the garden. So there was power available in the garden. And he was there for the taking. You follow me? So when Satan meets Jesus, he is there for one purpose. To reinforce his government on earth. Except Jesus does not yield to him. If Jesus yielded to Satan, it was over with mankind. Do you know that? It was over with mankind because there are only two races that God had predetermined and predestined for to bring the bounces to reconcile all things unto himself. So the first race, the first Adam fell. Then there is the last Adam. Jesus is the last Adam. That means there is no other Adam after Jesus. So if Jesus falls, God in his plan with mankind is over. And for eternity after eternity, Satan will rule men. So men and Satan must meet in that wilderness. Must meet in the wilderness. Why? To contend for authority. In your life, if you will experience authority, you must have encountered Satan. Because the way to power is through, oh Lord Jesus. The way to power is an encounter with the devil. God is what cannot be tempted by evil, neither does he tempt any man with evil. So because God does not tempt, and God cannot tempt, he does what? He hires an instrument to tempt, to do the job of tempting, because temptation is the stepping stone to power. So God put Adam in the wilderness to test for something, to find out what is in his heart. Even though God created him. So the first man was without eternal life. Was without the spirit. Because the tree was outside. The tree of life was in the garden. So that tells us that he did not have eternal life in him. If he had to eat of the tree. So the great things he did. He did not do by the power of God. He did by the power of Man. You follow me? But that power was only designated to Eden. Not to the whole earth. In Eden, that power must be scrutinized and tested. Is the law of authority. So, God cannot test Adam. And cannot uh, 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 facilitate his judgment on whether or not he passed the test, except he put in a method. What was that? <coughs> Out of every tree of the garden thou shalt not eat. Right? I mean, thou shalt eat, but of this tree thou shalt not eat, for the day you eat, you shall die. That's a method. So God gives man authority, but he also gives him what? He also gives him a measuring rod. 
a plumb line, a scale by which to measure his worthiness to handle authority. Authority is not gifted. Power is not gifted. Power is authorized. You understand that? So you, you must be found worthy. You must qualify. That's why not everybody in the body of Christ have power even though they have the Holy Ghost. You understand that? That's why they don't have authority even though they have the Spirit. Because even though you have the spirit, you must be you must be made worthy to handle power. You must be authorized to handle power. But the only pathway to that authorization is what? The wilderness. Because in the wilderness, God will test something in you that you did not know. You have the ability to do disobedience. Adam did not know he can drink the big gold. He could not have known because up, up until that time when they ate, disobedience had not been present. So God takes us into the wilderness to what? To cough out anything that might smell disobedience. Because disobedience is a negation of power. When the children of Israel disobeyed God, even though they had the presence, they still lost. Why? Because disobedience was the foundation, was the pillar that undergirded what God could do in their lives. So by one man, by one man's disobedience, sin entered and death reigned. Therefore, by one man's obedience, life is given to all and the justification of righteousness. So disobedience is the only thing that is generational. Are you following me? It's the only thing that's generational. Because when Adam sinned, the whole creation sinned. It's just like when the Bible says, when Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, Levi, who was in his loins, also paid tithes. So the one who executes obedience or disobedience will determine what his generation will look like. So you wonder why in our family there are certain discrepancies that happens. You see there's, there's alcoholism that's prevalent. There's drugism that's prevalent. Why? It's because at one point in time, one who was the head had disobeyed the laws that govern authority. So even though when you come into Christ, you pray, but nothing happens. You go for deliverance and nothing happens. Because the problem is not the demon. The demon is not the factor. The factor is that there is a root of disobedience in the family lineage that, that must be destroyed. And disobedience is not covered by oh law. It's not covered by the blood. Sin is covered by the blood, not disobedience. Because the root of sin is disobedience. By one man's disobedience, sin enters. So when sin enters, you see sin. You see the effect of sin, which is death. But you do not see the root because disobedience is hidden. It's wrapped around in what God said you should not do. Satan said, all these kingdoms I shall give to you. If you'll do one thing, bow down to me. Jesus did not say, no, they are not yours to give. What did Jesus say? No, it is written, thou shalt only worship the Lord thy God. That was, that was what? He had passed a phase. So because he said no, he resisted 
to pay homage to Satan, even though Satan was the one with the authority. This is what happens many times when a family is, is entrenched in ancestral worship. When a family worships ancestors and all these idols and demons, there is a law that is set in motion. And that law can only be eradicated by one thing. Obedience to Jehovah. So every time you say, Lord, I tried casting out. And the demon didn't go. You don't look at the demon. You don't look at the strength of the demon. You look at the quality of your obedience. Obedience is what? Is greater. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. He says, all those years you are offering sacrifices in the wilderness. Were you offering to me? Or was it not to your God? Your offering. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, go and read this. I desire obedience. Mercy more than I do sacrifice. And why did Samuel say disobedience is there's a sin of witchcraft as rebellion to God? either in the spirit or in your life, if you're going to be a person of influence by God in this world, obedience must be a pillar in your life. Children, obey your parents. Why? Why? It is the strata by which men rise. No man who has ever been a nuisance and disobedient to their parents ever lived. Even though they rose, they come to the point in their time when they fall. Because obedience is a system of ascension. It's a system by which we rise. How could Enoch rise? How could God take Enoch, a man who came after the fall? By the time Enoch came, men had already fallen. Yet this man was so worthy that God took him and he escaped death. What was with this man? It was one thing. Obedience transcends all laws. Cornelius, your prayers and arms have been heard. He, he was an Italian. He was not a Jew. He was not a Gentile. He was an Italian. I mean, he was a Gentile. He was an Italian. Yet the Bible says he feared God and gave out. Then the angel said, your arms, what is it about, about obedience? What is it about obedience that God would, oh Lord, that God would appear to a man who is not born again to give him wisdom from heaven and that he would pass a man who is born again and not appear to him? It's obedience. Jesus said, verily, verily, I tell you, in that day, he says, many nations, the Gentiles shall come and sit at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yet the sons of the kingdom will be cast out. Yeah. Yeah. Obedience. 
How will you rise? Did you listen to me? Amen. How will you rise? You shall not eat. <laughs> you shall not eat. The day you eat, you die. So that said a pattern that any time a man will do what God said, do not do. They will die. Death will be what? Activated. The Ten Commandments. It's all thou shalt not. The only thing that you they must have done is what? Worship God. But all else is thou shalt not. Why thou shalt not? Why doesn't God tell them what to do? He tells them what not to do. <laughs> if your Christian life will have any value, if this is missing, if this is missing, you, your Christian life is baseless. When you receive Christ, you accept his obedience. Yeah. But there is an obedience that you must fulfill. If any man would desire to follow me, he must deny himself and carry his cross. I died for you, but you must also die. God, I pray, and God will move. Where are your sacrifices of obedience? Where are they? There are things that are covered by redemption, covered by salvation, but there are things, methods of destiny, that are only covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus. After many days, it came a day where God tested Abraham and he said unto him, Abraham, now offer your only son, whom you love. When he did it, the Bible says, and a voice, the angel spoke from heaven and said, Abraham, do not kill the child, for now I know. Now I know. Now I know. So until we obey, God doesn't know. God couldn't know that Adam loved him until he obeyed him. God's knowledge of us and what our willingness to serve him is demonstrated by the actions of obedience. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. In Christ. Not in Adam, in Paul, in Christ. He's referring us to a certain mindset that Jesus had while walking on earth. A mindset that made him who he was. That enabled him to accomplish what he accomplished. That enabled him to go through the pains of death. He says, let this mind be in you. It's an understanding. It's the word loss. It's an understanding. He says, let this understanding, this perception be in you. Which was also in Christ. Who being in the form of God did not think it possible to be equal with God. The word that not robbery is something unattainable. So even though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not think it was attainable for men to be equal with God. You must understand what the communication of the Spirit of God is. I know you have been taught that, that Jesus knew that he was equal with God. No. The Bible says he was in the form of God. But he did not think it is something to be attained to be equal to God. 
So he viewed equality with God, something unattainable, a goal that men cannot attain. What is that? It's humility. He is God, yet he thought himself, I can't be like him, yet I am he. It's humility. Today there is a doctrine. You are like Christ. You know that? I'm not, I'm not nothing. I am somebody. Jesus made me somebody. Oh, you have not, you have not gotten the mind of Christ. You are still lacking in your in your conceptions about the mind of Christ. That he made you like him did not mean or suggest that you should be able to think that you are like him. Because the moment you think you are like him, what begins to happen? The journey to strive to be like him stops. Because you are like him now. What's more to attain? What's more to attain? I'm like him. You don't have the mind of Christ. You have another spirit. It's not, that's not the spirit that facilitated the work of Jesus. Because what facilitated the work of Jesus is that even though he was in his form, the Bible says he thought himself lower than God. That's why he said, My father is greater than I. Amen. Creation never knew. That's what the Bible says he was justified in the spirit. You are justified. You are justified in the spirit. Because the angels could, could never have known that God would be humble. What can humble God? Then Jesus came. God in the flesh and says, No, I can't be like him. Yet he is him. What is God saying about? He is showing us the mentality of God. That God is not proud in his godness. That in his nature, in his divine nature, he remains humble. That's why he says he will what? He will bring down the lofty and he will lift the lowly. Except you are low, you can't be high with God. Why? Because the platform of highness, the platform of holiness belongs to the most high. Says I am God and I will not share my glory with any other. So what does he do? He introduces lowliness. He introduces low. You know what lowliness? A debasement of mentality. A view of yourself that's lower than what it actually is. Because except a man, Lord Jesus, except a man understands his nature, his lowliness, his debasement, his righteousness, Power will be loose. That's why many people in the body of Christ and they are confused. Why could Elijah, having killed 850 prophets of Baal, flee the voice of a woman? Scared, terrified of the voice of a woman. After he had just come out of battle of he himself killed them. He had just called fire from heaven. Yet this woman says, So the gods do to me. He was not Elijah the one who said, if Baal did Baal serve Baal. If Jehovah be Jehovah, did not demonstrate the essence, the reality of Jehovah. Now a woman is talking about her God and saying, before this day ends, I will kill you. He's running away. And he sits down there and says, God, kill me, I'm tired. 
What? It was something in the mind of Elijah. It was what he thought of himself. And at that point, you get to realize that there is a separation. And the reason why God gave Elijah power that no any other man in the generation nor after had ever had, even to the point where he retained his spirit in the operations of the earth, is because of this one thing. Elijah, though he was powerful, yet he was extremely weak. I prayed to the Lord concerning this thing that the Lord should remove it. But he spake unto me saying, my grace is sufficient for you. I tell you, I will not remove it because in, in your weakness, my strength is made. Yeah. High men cannot obey. Proud men cannot obey. These low men they have the potential to obey, the propensity to obey. Because obedience can only happen once you're at the lowest point of your life. Yeah. Adam was too high, that's why he ate. He ate while he was still on a high. He had just named all the animals, and so were their names. He was on a high, I'm like God, I'm in the image of God. And but the last Adam, the very God himself said, it's not possible to be like God. Yeah. The first Adam thought, I'm like God. I speak and it is done. He failed. So God dispatched. He took his authority and gave it to another to do his way. Because God does not mind. God does not mind to give your enemies and his enemies wealth and leave you with poverty. Because you are still so high yeah. that you cannot handle his work. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Christians wonder why are sinners prospering? It's because those whom the world has been reserved for is not ready. They are still high. No. So he'd rather give the one who's already high and heading to hell the wealth. God, you are not prospering me. God, you are not progressing me. No, my sister. No, my brother. You are still high. You are still proud. God, I don't have a husband. God, I don't have a wife. No, my brother. No, my sister. It's not a wife. It's not a husband you need. It's loneliness. Because of one man's obedience, the gift of righteousness spread to all men. That's why he says, wives, obey. Yeah. He says, obey your husbands. Yeah. Obey, not as, as you feel, as Christ our Lord. Yeah. As the church is subject to Christ in all things. Not as you feel. Because God is trying to bring you into a system of, of exaltation. How he exalts men. You can't, there's no other way. The greatest man on earth, the one whom the Bible says, and after this, God has never spoken to man face to face, his hand to a friend. The Bible says he was the most, the most depressed man on earth. No one is humble as Moses, God says. Because there was no one as humble as Moses, there was no one as obedient as Moses. So before God can get you to obey his voice, because he knew Adam heard his voice directly and he fell. 
is start to create systems to help you understand the role of obedience in the ascension of power, in your ascension of authority. So he put you under men, under governors, under parents, under your wife, our God Jesus, under your husband, so that as you learn to, to submit to your husband, you submit to God. Because if you cannot submit to your husband, you will never submit to God. If you cannot submit to your parents, you will never submit to God. How can you, how can you say you love God whom you never see? Yet say you love your brother whom you hate. Yeah. You hate your brother whom you see. It's a law. It's a law. For the weapons of our warfare are not kind of but a mighty through God from the earth 
follow from the for the pulling down of strongholds and what bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ when our obedience has been fulfilled. I'm trying to cast that, but I'm trying to pull that. There's no pulling down until your own obedience is fulfilled. You can't face the devil or disobedience in you. The ruler of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. Why? For I've obeyed my father in all things. You want to cast out a devil, yet in your life, there's disobedience. It will revelize you, brothers and sisters. will kill you. And you will go back saying, Lord, why could you not cast me down? they could not enter into the promised land because of disobedience. The word there is unpersuadableness. There was no ounce of faith in their ability to enter. Even when God had released the word, I have given you the land. And what we have today in Christianity, I'll say this in all humility, is a joke. It's not the Christianity that the apostles died for. It's a joke. That's why you cannot point out to any prayer you have prayed ever since you were born again that God answered. Yet you prayed. Show me your sheaves. Show me the answers to your prayers. Because God cannot honor the man who has not honored you. That's true. Yeah. Bible says Samuel, Joe Samuel. The Bible says there was no word that Samuel ever spoke that the Lord allowed to fall to the ground. So every word, if someone said die, you die. Even if God did not say it, because God could not allow himself to let the word of this man fall to the ground. Why? Because of because of the sacrifice of obedience. His mother gave him to the Lord when he was still young. He remained faithful. All authority, he said, has been given to me in heaven and in earth. But you must understand what he did. Bible says he became obedient even to the point of death. That's why all authority is given to him. The God who ruled, who by whom all things were made, obeyed God to the death. Father, I know it is possible that this can be removed. Nevertheless, Bueno, 
intention. It's an operation of the spirit that's going on. The fact that we can see that means that God is working in you. Because that shows that God is with you. If you would serve God and still nothing happens, God is with you. How else could they know that you are serving God? Who was Moses again? After 40 years, he's been he has been missing for 40 years. He comes back, he says, God says, let my people go. Who is he again? That you would stand before the king of the entire world at that time. Who was he? The measure of your power is defined by the extent of your people. If I can't obey, I can't be powerful. It is the pain that reveals the power. Every time you see Moses stretching forth his hand and something happens, you must go back into his life and see the pain. Because you'll see. Abraham, leave. Leave. Before that, you must understand. If his father, Hera, was a worshiper of the sun, he was an advisor to Nimrod. So his entire family, the family of Abraham, were worshippers of idols and the sun. Now, a God who he had not known before was now calling him to go out. That was his introduction. Abraham, get me out of your country. God's introduction to Abraham. He doesn't say, I'm God. No, get me out of your country and I shall make you great. If God ever says to that, you will go just on a 40 day fast. Just to make sure it was God. <laughs> it's the Christianity we did not do. Now shall not be. The day you eat. And it was not like God said, do, do not eat. He said, eat others, but don't eat me. But the day you eat it, the scale of obedience. There's no way out. Disobedience equals death. So in the areas of your life where disobedience, something dies, something is dead. And only obedience can resurrect you. By disobedience, man fell. By obedience, man can rise. You understand that? Amen. So it's not foolishness. He says, you younger ones, submit to your elders. It's not foolishness. It's the wisdom of God. He says, humble yourself under the mighty. How do you think you humble yourself? It's by humbling. Start by you. Start by humbling yourself to the people whom God has delegated authority. You humble yourself. Yes, 
Your time of exaltation is coming. That's why when Jesus was in the wilderness, the Bible says the angels were afar looking. They couldn't do anything. It was only after Satan left, when they wrote it all, he won, that the angels came. You are alone in the midst of trials and tests and temptations. If he says, carry your cross, where do you think that cross is leading? Eloi, Eloi! By God, my God, why have you left me? Have you ever felt that way in life? You are at the cross. But you feel like God has left you. You are at the cross. But he changed his statement. He said, Father, I commit my breath. No glory without suffering. Today, Jesus is the one that saved the rest of God. If God wants to do anything harmful, Jesus shows the Father his hand. Where are your hopes? This is not a prayer. Oh, anybody can pray. Show me your hopes. Show me your mouth. Where are they? Paul at any time could have said, I'm tired. He said, I've been beaten, beaten to the point of death. Could have said, I'm tired. But God said to Ananias, For I shall show you what you must suffer for my name. That was his calling. What you must suffer for my name. That's why Paul today is the only man in heaven. If you ever see Paul, a very, a very short man, if you ever see him, the marks that he had on us, he said, He's the only man in heaven, apart from Jesus, that had the marks that he had. For Paul alone. You may not be Paul, but God still knows your name. But does your name carry weight in his name? The weight of your voice, the weight of your name, is your obedience. There are some people God will never allow Satan to touch. Never. 
George said, never. Satan never mentioned this. Don't dare go there. Every man with flaws, man with faults, David is one man. La part my servant David upon whom I feel all. Let's all rise. Let's pray. Let's pray. As God will show you as we pray now, areas in which you have left obedience. And ask the Spirit to help you fulfill obedience. Because until you fulfill obedience, nothing really happens. Nothing really changes. It's all same old, same old, same old. Obedience must be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed Savior. Blessed Savior. Blessed Savior. Blessed
man say, hey, you know Jesus Christ. You can't say I did not know. The Bible says, if the servant who did not know what he should do, if his master should come, he said, he also shall be weak. May we learn to obey God. May we learn to obey God. In our lives, in our personal lives, in our families, in our duties, Because the train of life does not move without certain procedures. It is the fuel. It is the engine that drives your life, that drives your destiny. And I hear you once say, it pays to obey God. 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 He is God.
those who are willing to take up the burden of my spirit, those in whom my spirit can see through, those in whom my spirit can express himself. For unto those empty vessels I shall fill my wine, my power, and my holy oil. For this is a people I am raising at this time. Those who are willing to forsake their conveniences. Those who are willing to set aside their own burdens and take up the burdens of the Lord. For there is a grace waiting to be released in the earth and I've released it like droplets of rain in this place and that place but it is my desire to release it on a larger scale like torrents of rain coming down the earth that my people who are called by my very own name may cast off their weights and receive wings from my spirit and ascend into the heights of the Lord, into the mountains of the Lord, where I shall show them and they shall build according to the pattern that I show. These are Moses. These are Miriams, men with no agenda but my own. No, I am not looking for qualified ones. I'm not looking for those who are noble. The only qualification is yieldedness, sanctification and holiness unto the Lord. When I call you in the night times to keep the night watches of the Lord, those who will say yes, forsaking their conveniences and the comfort of their boats, willing to step out and come walk with me in the water. The supernatural. For my plan and my purpose in the earth must be fulfilled. For I see the angel of the last trumpet standing over the earth and the Lord says to me look look he's about to sound he's about to sound and the time of my coming is near tell my people 
to set their minds on things above. Tell my people not to fixate it with the cares of this life. Because my spirit has went out now to prepare my bride. Oh, Lord, say election. And there is a dividing line I see between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. You decide, my children. Will you carry vessels of oil to the meeting of the bridegroom? Or will you have to go by after you have slept? Pray, worship, desire, the Spirit of God says, to be man and woman of my presence, to be man and woman who hold the keys to the secret place. For did I not say, blessed are those that hunger? and thirst for they shall be healed and i hear the spirit saying everybody that thirsts everybody that is hungry the door is open only hunger only thirst can open the key oh lord can open the door can open the gate into the holy place The time will come, the Spirit of God says, where just like Jacob slept and saw the stairway into the heavens, the time will come where it shall not only be an isolated experience, but those set their face toward me will be given the eyes to see the layout, the chambers I have built in the sky by which they can ascend unto my mouth. Intimacy. Intimacy.